Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Around the Campfire podcast, episode 15, with your boys, Seth and Devin. What's up, man? Nothing much. Just uh, just enjoying my evening. Uh, looking at some some good fresh fruit, drinking a nice beer. A so. nice cold beer, yeah. Uh, per usual, we started the beer beforehand. Yeah. Um, but we always start the fruit right on right on the uh yeah the match flare here so um this week um i cheated a little bit in the fact that this is a fruit that i've had before um but it um is new to you right yeah um, i've never no, so, to my knowledge i've never had this but yeah you actually might have um but um what uh what are you looking at here yeah so we have a zucchini looking thing like an eggplant meets a zucchini on the outside. It's got a little, that's like the exterior skin. And then the inside is like a musk melon filled with pomegranate seeds is how I'd describe it. Except for the seeds are like caviar. A, yeah. They look like fish eggs. They're like a black. Um, but yeah, I mean, it looks good. Like this piece specifically looks really good. I'm excited to try it. Yeah. This is a product of Guatemala. Guatemala. Okay. I ran down there earlier earlier today. Okay. Uh, How is it down there? Warmer than it is here. I believe that. Yeah. Um. So first yeah. off, you can eat the seeds, but I would uh, recommend just trying the flesh okay. first. Going um, in for the flesh. It is kind of flesh colored a little bit, a little yeah, pinker. Yeah. But okay, I'm gonna go in for it. Very good. Nothing crazy about this. Mm-mm. Nothing like, yeah, no bad thoughts. Not like the craziest flavor you've ever tasted. It honestly tastes a lot like a melon. I would say this is a seeded zucchini melon is what I would call it. You are very close. Mm. It's actually a seedless. Oh, I don't um, believe that. Sweet. I believe you, but I don't okay. believe that, <laughs> the people okay. who named it. No, this is uh, this is papaya. It is papaya. See, this just the only problem with this is it highlights how uncultured I am as an individual <laughs> because it, there's so many people out there probably who are like, how has he never seen a papaya before? And I think I actually said papaya yeah, when you came in, but you I was did, like, and I. I had to laugh to myself. I, you also said papaya last week. Yeah. So this is papaya. This is papaya. I it's saw pretty it. Good. Yeah, I saw it and I was like, "There's other options." And I was like, "No, nah, I feel like I have to." Let's get papaya up in here. Yeah. Yeah. Is it's not a seedless papaya though? Is it? No, no. Cause... All of them look like this. Okay. So the the flesh is like salmon colored. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. salmon meat colored. Yep. Um, and the uh, seeds look like thirty percent larger. Okay. Salmon eggs. Yes. Like those little black things. Um, and try try some actually. I did. I did try one. Yeah, yeah. kind of spicy. Yeah, a little yeah, spicy. Yeah, kind of like a pepper. Weird, yeah, weird like internal texture. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I saw a funny joke the other day. Yeah, they they're like kind of soft and hard. Yeah, they they are like a, they're covered in a um like a embryo or mm, like a like mm-hmm. it's you know they have like a yeah. Um, I saw a funny joke the other day that it was a guy talking to a fish, a salmon more specifically. <clears throat> and he was like, oh, my favorite color is salmon. And he's like, oh, is that like a silvery gray? 
the fish was. And he's like, no, it's like a, it's like a pink. And the salmon was like, why is it pink? And he was like, uh, uh no reason. <laughs> and the fish was like, I don't know. It was funny. You got to see the joke. But uh, I just made me giggle. Yeah. Thinking of, we call salmon the color of their meat. And if a salmon knew that, they would, they would yeah. not be pleased. That so. is, that's funny. That's funny. Yeah, it's always better when you explain the joke. So. I, it only makes it funny. It only, it only makes the it funny. The guy funnier. had to bite his tongue or he was going to... Yeah, yeah. let's keep explaining it. Yeah, yeah. Let's he was going to essentially... He's going to say, no, that's... The color of... A, a salmon meat. And, and the he's fish like, oh my gosh, you've seen the inside. You've yeah. killed and eaten yeah. salmon. And then... Yeah. That's tragic. Yeah. No longer... That's a friendship ruiner right yeah, there. Yeah, and then fit hits the shan. Yeah, I don't know how close they were before this conversation, but... After probably not. I think very we funny. just ruined a friendship. Yeah. Yep. So if any salmon are out there listening, sorry. Which I think there are. I saw <coughs> some weird dots. <laughs> yeah. And a couple of rivers. For sure. For sure. Anyway. Um. Uh. Papaya. I'm gonna give it a three on the ease to eat on a bus. Maybe even eight. lower because one, it won't fit in my pocket. But even if you did put it in like a backpack, you would need a knife. And then it's a huge mess. There's you got little eggs going everywhere. Yeah, I don't know if it's like a. It's if sticky. You can peel it. Yeah. But then again, you're in for a whole. Right. Other. That's a lot. And then what if you bite too deep? Yeah. And then you hit all the seeds. You hit all the seeds, then they start just spilling out. Yeah. But in terms of flavor, I'll give it a six and a half, seven. It's pretty good. Yeah. But it's not you know anything crazy in my opinion. I agree. But. I agree. All right. Higher on the scale, though, is the beer that you brought. Yeah. So this, I also cheated because I brought a beer I've had before. Funny that you and I both did that without yeah, even. It just felt right, I guess. We, yeah. we didn't communicate that. That wasn't something. But, That's um, never something we communicate. I brought a, a Perrin Black. Um, if you're from Michigan, you've probably heard of or had this beer. It's pretty popular. Perrin is in what? Comstock? I think I it's think in so, Comstock yeah. Park, Michigan. Um it's a pretty good brewery, and the their black ale is a fan favorite by many. I've had it at a lot of weddings and a lot of other things. It's a dark beer, but it doesn't... It's very light. Yeah, it's a very light, dark beer. Um, it says, this beer is counterintuitive. It pours dark as night, but drinks like a summer afternoon. And if that isn't the greatest description I've ever heard of Pear and Black... Yeah. Then I don't know what it is. But, yeah, it's very good. I wanted something that I knew was delicious, and it had been a while since I'd had one. So, Yeah, it uh, pours like any lager. Yeah. but Like good old-fashioned George. But literally like black, one of the darker beers I've ever seen in terms of like you can't even see through it. So, yeah, it's a good one. You should definitely try it um, if you're looking for a new beer to try. Or you could pause right now, go to the store, buy a pair in black, come back, and, and drink with us as we go on this journey. So Don't forget to get a papaya. Yeah, get a well. papaya. <laughs> nothing matches. Nothing pairs. Pear and parents as yeah, well. Nothing parents as good as a papaya and a pair in black. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, you should. <clears throat> the papaya has an interesting scent. Let me give it a sniff. Unless if it's something else on me. I My nose has had not been good since I had COVID. Okay. So I get like some smells, but yeah, I can't really smell okay, it. Okay, I think it's something else on me, maybe tuna. Mm, could be. Yeah. Yeah, tuna was in a tizzy, so yeah. 
Well, shall we? Shall we get into some stuff? I don't or know. Shall we? I you think have we some shall. News to share with us? Yeah. <clears throat> so I would like to dedicate this next portion of the podcast to Mr. James, one of our listeners, or um, as Devin referred to him as, uh, I'm going to need some help with this one. Timmy J. Timmy J. Um, <clears throat> so I shared last week about how I'm a terrible deer hunter. Um, and Timmy J was roasting me to Devin, rightfully so, because if you miss three does with buckshot at 30 yards, you should get made fun of. Um, that's how. Nope. You're still on. Or at least the headphones did. Um, that's how you get better at things. You get roasted and then you are motivated to not suck at that activity. And so I'd just like to report back that I went out hunting this weekend um, to an undisclosed place with some friends um, in Michigan, and we did a good old-fashioned deer drive um, where we had some people pushing deer through a timber patch, and I was sitting on the other side waiting with a gun. And when the deer ran out, um, we were ready, and that's exactly what happened. So um, we hiked out there, and I was on the second sit of our second push and a big old thick beamed six point ran out in front of me and I shot it right through both lungs. Um, double lunged it. It ran about 60, 70 yards crashed down and I finally filled the freezer with some meat. And so I would just like to say, one, it was a perfect shot straight through the lungs. That's all you can ask for. And that just proves that um, equipment matters. And so then after we did this, we had to hike out the deer. Um, We hiked a a total of nine miles. It was about a three-mile hike out with about 75 pounds of deer meat on all of our backs, and there was 10 of us. And so we killed three deer. Mine was the smallest, but also the oldest. And it was a very successful hunt. Um, how far away was it? Uh, from here? No, 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 no. no. Um, from you when you shot it. Um, Sorry, I should have clarified. <laughs> yeah, no, you're good. Um, probably around 40 to 50 yards. Um, nice, perfect. Yep, and it was... So you redeemed yourself. I did. I redeemed so myself. at 40 to 50, not at 30. Yeah, it was too close the first time. I also was using a different gun. I wasn't using my shotgun. Good. I was using... Uh, a single, like a rifle or type gun. Um, and yeah, so it felt really good. It was one of those fulfilling moments where like after the previous weekend, I needed a a win and needed to redeem myself. And I did that. And yeah, it was, it was a pretty cool moment. I've also never done anything like that where you have to hike out into something and you shoot it and gut it and quarter it right there. And then you have to hike it back to your car. Um, which is also a really cool, unique experience. But actually, did you have a special backpack? Um, no, one? no. I so we had game bags and stuff, and okay, I, I put I had put a game bag full of back straps, tenderloins, and the neck meat, about forty to fifty pounds worth of meat in there, and then I took its head and strapped that to the outside of my backpack. Um, 
And so, like I said, we had three deer. So we have people carrying garbage bags with like deer hooves sticking out of it. And then there's three heads of deer on backpacks and we're hiking out and we were hunting on public land, which is actually what we're going to talk about today. Um, and it's a fairly, I'm not going to disclose where, but it's a fairly popular area. And as we are walking out, we're walking, um, down a path to our car and it's a popular hiking spot. And so 10 guys with deer parts hanging off of their backpacks are walking past people who are out on like a casual stroll on a Friday afternoon. And so people were staring at us, probably tempted to call the police on us because we're all like our pants are bloody. Our <laughs> or they were jealous. Or they were jealous. But given they didn't look like the type that would be jealous hey now you don't know that i don't know that you're right but they they looked more like i'm gonna get out and get some exercise go for a casual stroll today not um not your hardcore hunters so yeah it was a one of the best days i've ever had in my life super fun and i'm just glad i redeemed myself and i'm already ant for next year yeah long way to wait but i am ready so i am amped to eat yeah, I have anything that you have. I have also amped to go out next year and not have yes, bedridden sickness. I would like to be able to bow hunt next year, so I'm going to hopefully not get covid and not hurt my arm in the most important time of the year for me. So, that's my goal for next year. Yeah, my goal for next year. Wow. Um I don't know. Yeah. Well, you got some time, you know. You got roughly a month. a month. You got one month. One month. One yep. month to go. Can you believe it? <clears throat> I know. It's already Happy December. December. Nuts. Nuts. But we're going to talk about some public land today. I lit- Beforehand, I literally woke up today and Mariah Carey was just <laughs> standing, singing, All I Want for Christmas. How did you get Mariah Carey and I got Michael Buble? That's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> I woke up, I was like. No way already. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I know. We we went and got our Christmas tree yesterday. We started decorating. I saw it. I yeah. saw it. it is quaint. Yeah. We went small. Beautiful. We don't have a huge home, so yeah. we wanted to go small and mighty. So Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of uh, segueing <clears throat> in um we are talking about public land yep. and all the different kinds. Yeah. Um and what they mean. Uh, not going into it super deep, <clears throat> uh, right. kind of a nice um, aerial view of it, just kind of flying by. Hi, hi. But anything that you want us to talk about or that you may want to know more, um, we may post a little bit more about something on our Instagram, um, or we can dive into it a little deeper, you know, and we will cater to your likes and interests, um, the things you want to hear, whether yep. it is... Uh, us talking about public land like we're going to do tonight or if you want us doing more food and beer reviews or if you want us talking about specific pieces of gear and giving a hardcore review about it Mm -hmm. or maybe we make some strawberry shortcake and we tell you how it is not the bee's knees because i think i would mess that up (laughs) however any um, and all of the above any and all of the above yes i couldn't agree more um if it seems like our mojo is broken uh, in this part of the episode, it is because it is. Seth and I just spent about 20 minutes 
yeah. fixing some technical difficulties. We went from moving and grooving to troubleshooting and booting. I don't know. I, I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> I lost it. See, Mojo's gone. gone. See? Just don't have it. Um, uh, we did, however, let Tuna into the room with us. Yep. Hopefully to spark up something. Yeah. Um, but uh, without further ado, um, segueing again <laughs> from <laughs> Seth's um, near perfect deer hunt um, on public land. We yep. are talking about it in three, two, one. I I no mojo. No, dude, no mojo. Okay. No, we we're just talking. We we're going to transition into talking about public land and um the buck that I took was on public land um and that is one of the many things that are available to us on public land. So I think the best place to start would be kind of what is public land and why does it exist? Um and so we can kind of get into that. Um what is public land? So any land that is managed by a government figure, um, and it can be, there's different government agencies on the state and federal level that manage it. And so any land that they manage, um, with the purpose of the people using, so anyone here, um, citizens and even non-citizens, um, that's our land to use. Um, and so it's funded through tax dollars and there's other funding that comes from different things yeah, such as uh, federal state, yeah. uh, DNR generated and private donations. Yeah. Yep. Um, Everything like from big corporate companies donating money to private citizens, uh, to like hunting tags and fishing licenses and entry fees into parks. Um, all of that goes into the budget of protecting Grants. public lands. Yeah, yep. there's there's a lot of a lot of different things that fund it, but primarily um tax dollars is what is what funds it. Um and we pay for the use. And so a lot of people don't know that what all you can do on public lands. They don't know the purposes and and the things that you can actually do on it and it's a shame because the purpose of these lands are for us to use. Um, whether you're going to take a hike on a Sunday afternoon, you're going to hunt white-tailed deer or, you know. Taking your kids to the park. Yeah. Because, you know, parks definitely qualify yep. uh, as public land. Yeah. And so. Putting a boat in the water. Right. Yep. Any, like, yeah, Lakes. the list goes on and on. Yeah. You're watching. Are you a bird watcher? Yep. Um, are you a deer watcher? Maybe you're not yeah. hunting deer. Maybe you're just watching them. Yep. Can almost guarantee um, that everyone listening has utilized public land at one point or another, whether they know it or not. Um, and I think we saw with COVID a huge increase in public land use um, because people weren't allowed to do the things they normally do. You couldn't take your family to Disney or, you know, on a trip to you know, your favorite city. You go to the movies. Yeah, you couldn't go to the movies. You couldn't go to the casino. You couldn't, all those things. You couldn't were, mall walk. Yeah. For those couldn't that Couldn't Walmart. 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 Wall, mall, mall rat, mall walk. Mojo's Wait, gone. Can you, Mojo's gone. You couldn't Walmart. Walmart. Can't do that either. I mean, they were. That's what it sounded like you said. Boxing things up. But anyway, um, and so people started 
utilizing that more because one thing that we could do was be outside. Um, and so specifically like national parks, and I think we've talked about this before on the podcast, the over usage of national parks, because they're the most wide known. Uh-huh. Everyone's heard of funded too. Yeah. Everyone's heard of the grand Canyon. You know, everyone's heard of Yellowstone. People haven't heard of the random BLM BLM land that exists in Utah. For those of you, because we haven't addressed it yet, BLM land stands for the Bureau of Land Management. Yeah. Um, It is another source of public land. Yeah. You can't jump in it like that. Come on. Where's your mojo? I was teasing him. I was teasing it. You knew I was going to come in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's worth segueing. So now that's the the point of public land. So now we'll get into uh, different categories of public land that are specifically made for recreating or in for our use. There's ob- other public lands that obviously don't you know, like a courthouse is public, public property or government. It's a government building funded by the people different, obviously. Um, so the main different categories would be lands managed by the national park service. So that's everything from national parks, national shorelines, um, national forests, national forests, national monuments. There are there's another one for waters, but I don't know what it's called. Like yeah. ocean. There's national. I think they're national monuments, but they're in the water. It's kind of a yeah, weird. Yeah, I know what you're that's a about. weird one. Um, and so that's all one. It's managed by the Department of Interior. And so that's um, and, and is it the the Interior or in- Department of Interior? Yeah, Department of the Interior. I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, but I know. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the DOI, Department of Interior, is what I know it as. Um, And so the Park Service specifically manages all those things. Uh, And then you have the National Forest Service. So that, like here in Michigan, most of our land or our public lands are National Forest Service. And that's different than national parks. That's managed by the Forest Service, which is a department of the Department of Agriculture in the in terms of the federal government. Yes. And it's it's essentially it's farmland is what it is. And it's they're farming trees. And so the Forest Service exists to manage trees. So on top of us recreating in it, also part of that is giving out land contracts and land leases to companies that come in and harvest the wood. And the Forest Service is making sure that's done in a way that uh, maintains the it's resource. Sustainable. It's sustainable, it's sustainable. As, yeah. as sustainable as it can be, and so they're certainly not great at all of those things. But you know that's what the National Forest Service is used for primarily, um, as well as for us to recreate in. Then you have BLM, which um, Devin talked about a second ago, which is um, Bureau of Land Management, and which has probably one of the widest ranges of uses yeah uh in terms of what is allowed right um like i think some of its primary uses resource extraction as well yeah uh recreation yep timber uh wildlife conservation grazing um but it is like the freest form of public land right um is what some people refer it as yeah the the way it was described to me as it's land that has no other use like it doesn't have a purpose or like national forest it doesn't have a designated purpose a, yeah a yeah, designated purpose like na- pretty much all when when these things were being formed a long long time ago and by a long long time ago i mean like 
60 to 100 years ago most of these were established um or more like 80 to 100 years ago people didn't view outdoor recreation like we do now and that wasn't a priority they viewed resources as what was important and so it wasn't it wasn't until more recently that we started appreciating things for just existing untouched that I would almost say the opposite is maybe we didn't appreciate it, um, but the uh, federal government and um, other companies saw it as a untouched market to make money. So they said, hey, camping's cool. Here's all these products we sell and all these places that you can pay to get into to camp. Yeah. So I, I think that, it's a little bit of both. That's an interesting perspective um on that which we should we should discuss because i think that's a fascinating thing i i would say it wasn't until good old teddy teddy and and john Muir, when they formed the national park service that they cared most people kind of raped the land in terms of um deforesting it yeah um and extracting minerals and the national park was really the first one that they said actually this is really cool Maybe we don't do that to it. And there was some pushback from miners and from uh, what's the what's what I'm thinking of for trees? The um, not mining. Uh, what do you call lumber? It? Yeah, the lumber industry. But there's a no more specific name. Timber. I don't know. Um, anyway, they. But the reason, some of the reason that national parks were able. One of the f- the first distinctions of being able to make something a national park was it couldn't have a distinct purpose um, for that they could make money from. Um, and forestry? So, forestry, yes, logging. forestry. That's forestry, the word I'm logging. thinking of, forestry. Um, and so I think it turned into a huge tourism industry, but I don't think that was their primary function. So I agree with you 100%. The intent... Uh, when it was first, like when it was inceptionized, I'm just made a word in its mm-hmm. in, in its inception was yes, hey, yeah. we need to preserve this, and then I think once that initial push was made, and preservation started happening, the uh, realization of how large that market was, yeah, um, exploded, because you kind of look into it in the in the fact that. The recreational market is a multi-billion-dollar industry now, billion with a B. Yeah, um, and it <laughs> is funded um, primarily uh, through those that don't use it for like its original purposes and stuff like that. And what I mean by that is like uh, I, I I'm talking about recreation as in like mountain biking, skiing, snowboarding, base jumping. Those people necessarily aren't paying to use the uh, wilderness um, the same as someone who is buying a tag or a permit to mm-hmm. go hunting, or they are buying um, a pa- an annual pass or a day pass to get into the national park yeah. to just hike it and do something. So, like, now, I, I'm throwing up air quotes, the recreational market spans so large um that like you could even put like coachella 
mm-hmm. in there, right? Because they're in <clears throat> um, kind of the outskirts of Joshua Tree and stuff yeah. like that, which is a national park. Um, it like I couldn't even name you and I both couldn't name. We'd be here literally twenty four seven trying to name every company that has their hands in mm-hmm. yeah the national yeah in, in some sort of recreation yeah. But I think national parks are a little bit different in that they they charge one they charge to get in in most national parks um and there's a little bit of more revenue generated but like the forest service they also are funded by tax dollars but typically camping is free unless you're at a designated campsite that is like a campground and then even then the fees are are fairly low um they're funded by primarily hunters and fishers and the land leases that they give to private companies to come in and, and, yeah. and, it, and take it, those resources. Exactly. That's what I was trying to say. But yeah. also, like, nowadays, <clears throat> you even need permits to go yeah. camp. Even even places like national forests where it's free to camp, you still need permits. Which is sometimes can be like five bucks. Yeah. Er, Nothing yeah. crazy. But in, like, and some of them are even free, but you still need the permit. It's you interesting. You still need the permit. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's like a, it's like they have commitment issues. They're like, hey, we really know if you're going to be out here or not. Like, yeah, no, you can't yeah, just that's walk in here at any time. well. And I think the people who are willing to go online and print out a permit and carry it with them are going to be more respectful, right? Exactly. I think that's all it is. Is and then the people who aren't, they have an easy. You shouldn't be here. You don't have a permit, even though it's a free permit. You go online and get. I think it gives them an easy out for the people who aren't taking care of the resource. Yeah, and and another little segue <coughs> here. I think you and I kind of briefly touched upon it um when we spoke about public land and we started writing stuff and i said blm land it's kind of like a more of a Mm -hmm. free-for-all because the only people that are really going to judge those that use blm land are the people that use blm land yep and essentially what i mean by that is um the only person who's going to judge you on blm land is another person who is also trying to enjoy blm land um meaning the you know, there's no trash cans. There's no bathrooms in a lot of these places. There's no benches. There's really no um, overwatch uh, from, you know, park security and rangers and stuff like that. So if you abuse it, it goes away. So if if you're not going to take care of it, they're just going to shut it down and they're going to say, hey, um, do better next time. Be a upstanding citizen yep. and not a douche. Yeah, the the amount of authority or rangers, whatever you want to call it, per acre with like BLM land is one to every you know million acres. There's very little management going on in terms of peop, you know feet on the ground, making sure people are following the rules. It just doesn't exist. Have you ever seen one? Have you ever come no. across? Yeah, I have. Other yeah. than I, um, I camped on BLM land in Utah and had to stop at a, like a booth that was like a college intern working um, and gave me my permit. Oh, um, see, I, didn't, I haven't even done that. Before. And not all BLM does. Some yeah. does. We were staying at an actual campground with campsites, and so they did have somebody. Wow. Was it um, funded? Like, did you have to pay for it? Yes. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So not all BLM is free. Most of it is. You can disperse camp in most any BLM land. This was a specific campground we stayed at, and so there there were fees we paid. We're in, um, we're in Utah, were you? Like uh, Moab, we're in right? Moab. Yeah. Moab. So the thing with BLM too is there's no 
real rules for the most part. There are, and you should know them if you're going to recreate on BLM, but you can be going and trying to have a pristine experience and Joe Schmo is going to take his jacked up Jeep and go climb rocks and you're both well within your right to use the public land. Yeah. And so it can be frustrating, but it can also be really rewarding. And that's where you see, um, you know, people coming together to recreate in the way they want to recreate without stepping on each other's toes is, is something that, you know, hope, hopefully we're getting better at, but it, it's, it can be a complex issue and, and whatnot. So, yeah, that, that's a story for another time. Yeah. Um, BLM land stretches very far. Yes. It, it's crazy too. Like the, um, amount of land that is sourced, uh, for the Bureau of Land Management is when you look like when I looked at it, it doesn't seem very, uh, like particularly like, okay, Utah has like these spots and California has these and Montana has a little here and Oregon has like almost none. Like it's, it's like weird. Yeah. There's like no really rhyme or reason. Yep. Uh, So sometimes it can be kind of fun, but for the most part you can like road trip out West like Kelsey and I did um, and find BLM land for the most part. Yeah. Can be kind of difficult in some spots. BLM, which I don't think there's any in Michigan so I don't utilize it a ton, but in Forest Service are my favorite oh. zones to do stuff in because they're not super restrictive. You can do pretty much whatever you want. There's dispersed camping in pretty much all of it. You can find some really cool spots. Yeah. You know, and there's by far my favorite. Millions of acres of it that we can use. And, and so there's certainly areas that are higher populated, but there's just a ton of areas that have no one and no one using it. And so that's, that's the, the draw for me. Whereas when you go to a national park, you're guaranteed there's going to be a lot of people there, even the lesser populated ones. Have I ever told you the story of the time Kelsey and I stayed at the BLM land and that dog scared us? Ah, uh, yes, you have. Okay. Yes, I did. Have. did I say I it on the podcast? I don't think you did say it on the podcast, but I don't remember. I might have to go back and listen. I don't, yeah. almost don't even want to tell the story. Yeah. Now I'm like, well, I don't want to be redundant. <laughs> it's a good story. It so. is a great, it's one of my favorites. Yeah. No. Um, well, we'll have to j- verify that. So yeah, if not, you'd need to tell it. I will. Um, but yeah, that, so those are your main federal, um, land types for public use and uses include i mean we kind of listed them hunting hiking bird watching people ATVing, otving fishing you know all of those are are uses for them um and then you have other classifications of land so there's also state public land so like state parks there's um, state forests. Um, there's, um, <clears throat> let's see. Oh, and then another distinguisher is wilderness. So wilderness, something totally different. Um, wilderness, any of what we listed can be wilderness as well. Yes, it's another it, layer of classification. Correct. correct. Yeah. Anything that we mentioned um, is wilderness, but then wilderness, it's kind of like, like, all squares are rectangles, but not all rectangles are Correct. squares. Yep. Um, a, a wilderness area is further defined uh, to mean an area of state land 
or water having a primeval character without significant improvement or permanent human habitat habitation. Yeah. Uh, which is protected and managed so as to preserve, enhance, and restore where necessary its natural conditions. It's the highest classification of protection that public land can get. Yeah. Do not mess with it. Yeah. And so they limit noise pollution. They limit light pollution. They limit you can't use a mechanized device. So, and by mechanized, I mean a bicycle would be considered mechanized because it has gears. Any managing or servicing of the land that they do is done with hand tools. They're not taking chainsaws out there to cut logs off of trails. They're using all hand man-powered So does that mean that you can use a fishing pole or do you have to use like a a, Um, a stringing pole? I think you can use a fishing pole actually. That would be one one of the like mechanized devices you can use. I could be wrong on that, but to my knowledge, yeah, we'll have to um, check in on that. But yeah, and the point of it is like even they won't even have signs of the trail goes this way. You won't even find that in a lot of them. Uh, one thing that I have found, so Isle Royal in Michigan, it's the island up in Lake Superior. We've talked about it before. Um, that is considered wilderness. 99% of the island is wilderness. 1% of it is not. And they do have man-made structures and fire pits where most does not. Most wilderness isn't going to have anything man-made there. You're not going to be able to see it, not even a sign. Where you do see it in wilderness is to limit uh, humans impact. So like now entering right. a wilderness yeah. zone. So you'll go to a campsite and it'll still have a shelter there and it'll still have a fire pit there, but that's all you're going to find. And that's so people don't go in and continue to degrade the landscape farther. Um, and so it's a small sacrifice. Okay. Yeah. You're going to see man-made things, but you're going to see a whole lot less everywhere else because of those things kind of backtracking real quick mm-hmm. um i love it uh when you're on a hike and uh, there's not really signs um just like uh i forget what, what is it called karen's like, karen's karen's yeah. love it yeah because not only are you on a hike you're on like a treasure hunt yeah yeah you got to find them yeah um that's another great thing to say is if you see a little pyramid of rocks stacked up um don't kick it over um, yeah. And don't make them. Those are um, made typically by somebody managing the land in most instances. Um, it's used as a trail marker, and it's a little more natural than having a sign or a, a blaze, which is just like a spray paint on a tree or on a rock or something. Um, and so if you kick them over, you are essentially taking away direction on where to go from people. And, and also if you make – yeah. Rude. Yeah, and like you're not just being, following the rules. Yeah, like yeah. You should. And if you're making them, you could either mislead people, but also they try to not displace rocks and other things. And that may sound petty to you, and it might sound like, okay, like what does it really matter? But the whole point is that people want to go out and have a, a totally inhabited. Uh, I'm going to start over. People want to go out and have a pristine. <laughs> um, he doesn't even go. <laughs> they want to have a pristine experience, and it's not your right to disturb that, whether you agree with it or not. Yeah, I think about it this way: like if you've ever seen the show Westworld, 
you're yep. paying for the experience of the wild, wild west. So yeah. you don't want there to be iPhones right. because you want to put yourself into right. that environment. It's same, same thing. It's the same thing too. Like if you love hiking with music and you want to blare your your music and your whatever while you're hiking, okay, that's fine. But that doesn't give you the right to carry a speaker with you and hike and disturb what's going on all around you, the wildlife, other people. Then you got to put earbuds in. You know, it's it's a similar thing where it's just because you're not doing anything explicitly wrong, it doesn't mean that it's it's it comes down to an etiquette thing. You know, proper etiquette. Do is, your due diligence. Yeah. Figure out if it's a thing that you can right. do or not. And if you don't know, ask. You also, know. Also, why would you want to hunt with or hunt? Why would you want to hike with a massive speaker? You're not going to see any wildlife. No, none. Also, Absolutely if you put none. earbuds in. Have fun with whatever stalking you, because <laughs> yeah. there's always something stalking you. I know, like a lot of through hikers use earbuds and stuff because they're walking all day, every day, and that's a popular place for them to be used. Personally, I don't, but I've never walked eight hours a day for three months, so I've never been in a position where yeah. I wanted that. But yeah, I mean, wilderness specifically, they. That is where BLM, you're probably not going to get in trouble for anything. There's just nobody is looking or watching. Wilderness, there's they're usually high managed, and there's a good chance you have to have a permit, and there's a good chance you get checked for that permit. Yep. Uh, they're just very careful, and that's why you can go out and have a pristine experience because of that. So. Yeah, so like with all of um, the mentions of all the public land – Figure out what suits you best. What kind of experience do you want to have? What kind of getaway are you in the mood for? Um, and then research. Hey, cool, I want to go to this place. Is it a national forest? Yep. Is it part of the forestry system? Is it a monument? Is it a wilderness? Yeah. Um, is it a, BL- a piece of BLM land? Um, is it a national park? What do I need uh, to, to get in there or to go there? What should I pack? As always, as we've talked before, mm-hmm. try to be as prepared as possible. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, once you're there, obviously go nuts and have the most fun that you possibly can have right. within the parameters of whatever you chose. Yeah. And, and usually you can track down some sort of website or ranger station that will um, have the rules and – the regulations for it. And so you can, usually it's as simple as a phone call. Now I know sometimes when you're working with, uh, typically these agencies are undermanned and overworked. And so you might not get an answer on your first time calling. uh, So you have to be a little persistent and that's where planning ahead comes in handy because you're not, if you're not on a time crunch, you have a little bit more room for, for that. Um, But look up the rules, look up, okay, can I disperse camp anywhere? Is there, do I need a permit? Do I need, uh, like in certain instances, uh, is there bear canisters necessary? Or is there, I don't know what that is. First come, first serve. Oh, first come, first serve. Yeah. Figure out if it's first come, first serve. Um, yes. Because you might show up at 8 p.m., but everyone else showed up at 2 p.m. Right. Did I need a reservation? If I can't make a reservation, how early do I have to get there? How fast does it fill? What's my backup plan? Is there access to potable water? Do I need to bring my own? 
Is there a stream where I can filter it? All of these are questions that should be included in your planning process. And once you kind of get the hang of it, you know, you'll know BLM typically doesn't have bathrooms. They don't have potable water available. They don't have this. They don't have that. National parks, okay, I can expect there's going to be a trailhead and a a place where they're going to have information. I can probably go in and talk to somebody before I start my hike. And you'll, you'll get the hang of that. Um, but preparation, 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 H. preparation. H? Preparation H. Preparation H. Yes, exactly, time. exactly. Um, uh, quick segue. Yeah. What is one of your favorite pieces of BLM land you've ever been on? I've really only been to the BLM land in Utah. Oh, really? Everything else I've been on has been national park, national forest, or state. Okay. Yeah. What about you? Um, mine, mine's in Utah as well. I've been to actually a lot of BLM land, but uh, Canyonlands, the Needles District. Of I think that's National Park. BLM land. Really? Um, yeah, well. Because Canyonlands is a National Park. Canyonlands is a National Park. <clears throat> it's like the, a, a crap ton of stuff is called Canyonlands, like when you're yeah. in that area, zone, district, whatever yep. you want to call it. But there's a ton of BLM land there. Um, I think it's called the Needles District. Okay. Uh, super cool place. Yeah. yeah I'll show I've, you some pictures. I've been to Canyonlands, but I didn't camp there. We just, we hiked. And I actually liked Canyonlands more than I liked Arches. Oh, yeah. Way more. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool. Moab in general and, uh, yeah. and its surrounding um, parks. Yeah. You could probably cool. spend 20 years every day going out and doing some sort of recreation activity and not scratch the surface. In Moab or like that general that area. general yeah like it's kind of like when you go to Chicago but then there's a ton of suburbs right <coughs> like yeah. oh like I'm from Detroit <laughs> no you're not you live in Bloomfield Hills yeah yeah um a little different yeah I mean with that being said you gotta you gotta be able to spend 20 years looking at red and orange rock <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> no nothing yeah. else not really. a lot of variety yeah but, but I also just want to say um we ran into more technical difficulties and then something happened where now, Seth and I have both been attacked by tuna on the yep. podcast, mm-hmm. it, um, except Seth's hand got yeah. absolutely devoured. Yeah, real deep, real deep bite marks. Tuna is going through some stuff right now. I cut up my deer meat, and then I had my hands were still had, like, remnants of deer blood. I washed them, but they still were... You know, the smell was still on them. And then we brought a Christmas tree in the house. And then this detergent that I use, Tech Wash. Have you heard of Tech Wash? You use it to um, wash like rain gear and stuff. He doesn't like the smell of that. And I had that. And so essentially he's been, a lot of smells have been thrown his way. And so he is um, reacting differently and he bit me. And pretty pretty deep. Yeah, he bit me yesterday and he bit me today. No, like twice today. There's like six holes in your hand. Yeah. Well, it was one bite. I don't know how it happened. He only bit once. I don't know. Oh, man. So, yeah, Tuna tuna is on probation right now. We are not on good terms. I still love him. But uh, I think I'm going to schedule him to go get fixed. So don't bite the hand that feeds you or I'll cut off your nuts. And that is a direct quote from me (laughs) right now. So, uh, yeah. Um, but anyway, a, another segue here. Um, what is if you had to pick out of all of the pieces of what we talked about? <coughs> what would you choose to be on? 
would it be public land, BLM land, national park, state land, national forest, a wilderness, or maybe a conservation or fishery zone? Uh, if I could only use one for the rest of my life, I think I would pick national forest. Um, reason being in Michigan, there's the most of it. And even like when you go to Colorado, that's primarily what you're going to be in. National parks are just such a, you're so limited, um, by what, you know, the, the, what you can do and, and how much there is, there's so much more national forest than there is national park land. Although national parks are probably more beautiful, typically. I mean, you don't have to go that far outside of a national park before it becomes like a national forest. Right. And then it's the same. Yeah, <laughs> You're exactly. Like, I'm standing, I'm looking into Yellowstone, <laughs> yeah. but I'm just not in Yellowstone. Exactly. Exactly. So probably national forest for me. And there's a lot of it in Michigan. And that's where I live. So what about you? I, I 100% agree. Yeah. Yep. I'm right there with you. Um, one, uh, for the same reason you said, Michigan has a ton of it um so a lot of um variety um and and then again though uh colorado has a ton i love colorado uh i think it's the san isabel national Mm -hmm. forest yeah um is super cool yeah um and one of my favorite places that i've ever been um and there's so like you could roam around that specific national forest for ages so long yeah and, and then there's like, the san juans that are huge as well right next door right next door to yeah. it yeah and so it's like the options yep. are endless whereas if you're in state land sometimes it's just not as in my eyes um like grandiose grandiose yeah um gorgeous and amazing in its own right but yeah not as cool um sometimes uh state land can be closer in in terms closer to like society and stuff um and so you might have more population pollution yep um because people will utilize state land a lot more because it's more accessible uh where if you're in a national forest national forests uh, usually tend to be larger acre wise Mm -hmm. so you might not come across another person and um, if you do, you just drive ten other ten miles a different direction, and you're you probably don't. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, you probably won't run into yep. them again. Um, so yeah, I right there with you. Couldn't have picked a better choice myself. Awesome. And you can do anything you really want in the national yeah, forest. Yeah, hunting, can, fishing, camping. camping. Those are the pretty much the only ones I do. But I'm sure there's other yeah. people utilize it for. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I love to fly my drone. Uh, I know you cannot fly drones in, inside of a national park. Yep. I've done it multiple times. Um, Just don't A little tip from Devin. Ask for forgiveness. <laughs> Just say that you didn't know, even though there's about 500 signs everywhere <laughs> and you cannot miss it. Ask for forgiveness. But if you get caught, do not say the Around the Campfire podcast, Devin said I could. Yeah, we will claim that this never happened, even though I, I will delete it. Yeah, we, we will. will. Yeah, we will. Um, this is our endorsement not to do it. Yes, do not do it. But if you do, <laughs> but if you <laughs> no. do, especially do not do it in Joshua Tree. They are strict yeah. there. Yeah, they don't like it. Yeah, but I, I think it. you're good in pretty much any public land zone except national parks, to my knowledge. Uh, to my knowledge as well. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, 
I do not have footage of a drone in Joshua Tree. That's good. That is so, wise not to. Yeah. Um, uh, another thing, what is one of your favorite activities uh, to use public land for? Um, and um, <clears throat> maybe what would you need to do so? Realistically, backpacking is what I primarily use public land for. Um, because you can't really go backpacking on your own public private land you just can't it's not really a thing it would be i don't know probably someone does it but i don't maybe if i owned a 2000 acre ranch in colorado i might but um and so i love public land for that use but i think the most important one to me is hunting and fishing and the reason i say that is um everyone should have a right to hunt and fish and camp but um hunting land is expensive and hard to come by in a lot of ways and it's what funds a lot of public land and so i i'm really passionate about hunting and so i think using it to hunt is important at just if for nothing else to remind people that this land is for also for hunting and so you kind of break down that you know you want to be on a hike that's great you do that i want to be out hunting and i and i can do that and so it sets a precedent that people can get comfortable with each other doing their activities without getting in each other's way. And so typically no one's going to get mad at you if you're, you know, they're on a day hike and you're out backpacking, you know, no one cares. Um, people do can be upset, you know, if you're out hunting and they don't think you should be. And so I, I feel really passionate about that, keeping our um, public spaces available for hunting and fishing. Um, uh, I agree with you. Um, I don't utilize it as much as you do, but I know um, the amount of uh, funding that it provides um, and the amount of respect that people have because they want to enjoy that for a long time. Yeah. Uh, and I still would love to go on a gnarly hunt in the mountains. Yeah. So. Yes. Um, I want that opportunity to still exist. But yeah, right there. Mm -hmm. I love my, obviously backpacking and hiking. So, um, that is the activity that I mostly utilize, uh, public land for along with fishing. Um, I love fishing, uh, very much so, um, and want to continue to fish and fish new spots because I feel like fishing gets abused, uh, in the terms of pollution and stuff like yeah. that. So a lot of the stuff that we used to be able to fish in Michigan, we no longer have the opportunity uh, to do so as freely um, or uh, the season isn't as long or um, the availability isn't as um, widely spread. You may have to go to a specific zone that isn't as polluted uh, because the habitat was destroyed. So you might have to go to Montana or Minnesota in the northern parts because the water's cleaner there. So, like, I don't know. Yeah. Leave no trace. The, pack in, pack out. There's a lot of areas that are beyond repair, but there's a lot that aren't. And the only, you know, the only thing we can do now is to continue to take care of it in the way it needs to be taken care of. And that might mean, you know, in certain places you have to take a bag along for your own poop and you know that seems ridiculous but it's necessary 
Um, and even if you don't agree with the rules, there's been a lot of thought and a lot of energy put into them. I can almost guarantee that. Um, and so do your best to respect respect those rules and, and do your part um, in those things. Yeah, so I agree. If you had to, if you were um, in someone's shoes uh, of a person in power of public land and utilization, what is something that you'd want to put into effect or maybe a place you'd like to put into effect for a public zone? Yeah, um, I think OnX, uh, which is an app. It's a hunting app, but they also have other apps. But essentially, I'd say it's a hunting and a hiking app. Yeah, well, they have they have Onyx Backcountry, which is like f- for backpacking and, and that, and then they have Onyx, which is like for hunting. But yeah, essentially, it's just a, a map app that you can use. Um, the cool thing about Onyx is it has layers that you can add to it that just show you, okay, this is private land, this is public land. Who owns the land? It'll give you the managing uh, authority for it. And one of the things that they've been working on is creating access for public lands that are landlocked. So there's these, there's millions of acres, there's tons of acres in every state that has public land that is for the public's use that you cannot legally get to. There's no. You'd have to trespass to get. You'd to have use, to trespass to get there, and saying. so it's it's useless. There's no point in having land that public land that you can't use, and so they are um, using their platform and their money to create access. Whether that means getting an easement, um, you know, which is a lot of bureau bureau bureaucratic bureaucratic red tape they have to cut through to get. You know, that you're working with private landowners who now have people traveling through their land to get to this public land and they don't like it for obvious reasons. There's a lot of issues and a lot of fights and and they're fighting that battle. And so I don't necessarily have any land that I think need or, you know, needs to be public or we don't need more of it. I think we need to further access what we do have and put money and resources into what we do have so that people can use it um first of all get to it and then second use it for free you shouldn't have to be rich to use public land you shouldn't need any of that i uh i think you hit the nail right on the head um i asked that question uh not knowing what i would have put as an answer um in terms of land that i'd want to make public um, but I, like you said, um, there is hundreds of acres, thousands of acres, if not hundreds of thousands millions of acres, potentially millions, yeah. millions potentially of, uh, stuff that, uh, we can use, uh, but we can't right now. Yep. Um, and so, you know, well said, um, happy, uh, kind of closing it down. Sorry. Happy December. Mm-hmm. Um, we are now officially in the last month of 2021, um, the around the campfire podcasts inception year. Yep. Um, which means that we only have, I don't know, this and three more episodes, uh, of this year, Yeah, crazy. which is, uh, super crazy to think about. Um, I think, um, if all goes well, 
Um, this will probably after this after this month will probably end season one. Mm-hmm. So maybe two more episodes and then maybe like a season finale where mm-hmm. we're literally not going to brainstorm anything. <laughs> yeah. And so we are going to solely rely on stuff you want us to listen to. Um, so if none of you respond yep. to any of our – we'll make some Instagram stories, maybe some polls. Um, if none of you respond to those or give us any ideas from now until, I don't know, the next three weeks, then that episode is solely going to be the intro and then that's and it. Then the and outro. Seth and I literally sitting silent for one hour. <laughs> <laughs> we're still going to drink beer, but yeah, it, we're not going to tell you what it is. Exactly. <laughs> You'll hear the, yeah. uh, but that's it. So we really, sure. we'd really love to have some more interaction, uh, here soon. Um, yeah. Um, next week, uh, we're, I yeah, can't forget. Yeah. We, we're not sure what we're going to talk about yet, but, I am going to make Devin share his story um, about the time he caught the um, the record fish, the record trout at this lake. Um, Undisclosed. You, yeah, I told yeah. you the lake, but yeah, I won't. we won't share okay. it on the podcast. Um, but when he caught that record-breaking trout with um, just a Dorito and a hocked a big loogie and, and caught this fish and – I might have just given a little bit too much of the punchline away, but it's not even, it doesn't even do it justice. So tune in next week to hear it. Um, I'll, uh, since you gave a little bit, it was a nacho cheese uh, Dorito. And so we named it Nacho Trout. Nacho Trout. For all the fishermen out there my, that were pissed that they weren't able to find success, it's Nacho Trout. You could just, hey, what, what'd you get? Oh, it's Nacho Trout. <laughs> Wow, what a what a slap to the back of the head that one is. But uh, yeah, make sure you're here next week to hear that story. Um, we're so glad you guys are here listening. Um, also, real quick, I might have another story. Let us know uh, if I told the story of my Joshua yes. Tree BLM experience. Yes, that's a great story. So we if you if we've said it already, we we won't say it again. But if not, Devin will share it. All right, and on that note. Peace out.